It was late at night, and the Sioux City Strangler was sitting on the pallet bed he'd created with an old rug that had been rolled up in the corner and a few patchwork quilts he'd found in the closet. He'd grabbed a cushion from the recliner to use as a pillow, but he wasn't ready for sleep. The crumpled wrappers of two burgers and an empty box that used to contain french fries were at his feet. He'd eaten all but one of the little apple pies, and he'd eaten them first. The cup of Coke was empty, and he was sucking on the ice cubes with the handheld radio pressed to his ear. It was too late for news, and he knew it. There wouldn't be any updates until tomorrow, and trying to fall asleep was the smart thing to do. That way, he could catch the early broadcast and see what, if anything, the Sioux City cops were up to. Instead, he opened the last little apple pie and ate half of it in a single bite. Diamond Girl by Seals and Crofts began to play out of the tiny radio speaker. The soothing soft rock hit just right and the Sioux City Strangler could feel the tension fade from his body. He put his head down on the pillow, turning the volume down on the radio slowly, keeping it just loud enough to hear the words. By the time Diamond Girl had faded out and Long Train Running by the Doobie Brothers began, he was asleep. Cool air blew in through the window and the night was still and soft and quiet. A dog began to bark in the distance and a train rumbled past, sounding a thick, reedy whistle as it went by. It wasn't enough to wake the Sioux City Strangler, though. He slept deeply, unencumbered by the chaos of the day or the sounds of the world around him. Not even the Vietnam nightmares would wake him that night. This is the story of the Sioux City Strangler, a man who terrorized the great state of Iowa for nearly 10 years before making his way to California for a little fun in the sun and a fresh crop of citizens to terrorize. I'm your host, Mary Buckley, and you're listening to Sioux City Strangler, the podcast. The sun broke through the gauze curtain and bathed the Sioux City Strangler in amber light. He woke up feeling refreshed, reinvigorated even, despite the night on the floor. A smile crossed his lips as he turned the dial on the radio to find some news. Almost as if the world had been waiting for him to wake up, the newsman with the outsized voice came on. Good morning again, Sioux City residents. The weather is going to be warm with temperatures into the high 80s today, so make sure you have somewhere cool to rest if you're working outside. In other news, I'm happy to report that a man named Ron Griggs has turned himself into the police, claiming responsibility for the murder of Andrea Olson. Apparently, Griggs was nothing more than a pervert with a crush and a screw loose. Sad, really. Hopefully this revelation will bring the Olsen family some relief, as well as you, Sioux City resident. At this time, the police believe Griggs was also responsible for the body found in the Hindai Hills Preserve just a few days ago. Good work, Sioux City PD. We all applaud you. That's all the news fit to print, and I've just read it aloud to you. Tune in again for an update on the hour every hour. The radio man signed off, and the old-time music that the old people in town loved took over. The slight smile on the Sioux City Strangler's face grew into a wide grin. Was he free? Did the foolish police force frame the wrong man to close the case? Did it make a difference? One body or two, this Griggs guy was going to go to prison for a long time. Feeling light and free for the first time in a while, the Sioux City Strangler got up and got dressed in a pair of jeans and a slightly rumpled soft yellow button-down. He slipped a pair of brown boots onto his feet over white socks. The house was still quiet when he opened the door and he poked his head out to listen for any sign of movement. He walked silently down the hallway toward the only bathroom, 
instinctively stepping over loose boards and avoiding squeaky spots. He combed his hair and pushed it back with a dab of pomade from his dop kit. The hair on his face had gone from a mustache to a beard in the past week. He thought of his mother, who always said that only dirty men wore beards. He looked hard in the mirror. Maybe he did look dirty, but he liked it. It was the 70s, right? He put the razor he'd been holding in his hand back in his dop kit and zipped it. Back in his makeshift bedroom, the Sioux City Strangler grabbed his car keys, wallet, and sunglasses. Pulling the back door closed behind him with a soft thud, he got into his car and started it up. He drove to the nearby Circle K in silence. He didn't need to hear that radio man anymore. Nothing is more important than protecting your family from danger. So why do you still have an outdated security system that doesn't provide the best protection money can buy? Our trained security experts can tackle full-service installations, including motion sensors, door and window alarms, multi-position cameras, and Wi-Fi-enabled systems. We even offer gun-safe installation, closet safes, and fire-safe vaults to protect your valuables. Ask about our safe room builds for high-profile and security-minded clients. At Safe City Security Services, we also build commercial systems designed to safeguard businesses big and small. Protect your retail merchandise and keep trade secrets secure by setting up a consultation today. Call 213-555-0189 to schedule an in-person visit at your home or place of business now. You can also visit safecitysecurityservices.com to learn more about the peace of mind we provide. He bought two cups of coffee, a ham sandwich, and a quart of oil at the Circle K. He filled up his machine and headed back to the house, backing in and popping the hood. If he was going to spend even one more night at home, he needed to stick to his car trouble cover story. He unwrapped the ham sandwich and started in on it, waiting for the engine to cool down. As he washed down the meat and mayonnaise and bread with his second cup of coffee, he saw his mother walk into the kitchen through the window. She was dressed in her usual at-home attire, a long nightgown, a robe, and a pair of soft slippers. Her hair was wild, and parts of it stood straight up. He tried to busy himself with the car, first checking the oil. It was fine, but what the hell, he could put half a quart in and throw the rest in the trunk. He went into the garage to find a funnel. When he came back out, his mother was standing there holding a cup of instant coffee. She always drank instant coffee. Thought you were going to fix that thing, she said, more as an accusation than a question. Yeah, I'm working on that now, he said. He held the motor oil and funnel in his hand. Your father never could take care of our car either, she said, house neither. He stood there in the driveway, hands full, and just looked at her. Right, well, you know, my car's in all right shape. Would have been nice if somebody had looked after it while I was gone. Uh Uh-huh, and who was going to do that? He put the oil and funnel down at his feet and picked up the coffee. He took a big swig and smiled, showing his teeth. Nope, you're right. I'll get her in tip-top shape again in no time. "Uh Uh-huh, she said, turning to head back inside. She banged the back door closed hard, rattling the glass insert. Jesus Christ, he thought, that woman never lets up. But the Sioux City Strangler kept the smile on his face. He thought of the open road in front of him and the endless moves that he could make. 
He closed the hood, fired up his Pontiac, and made his way back into town. It was almost 10 a.m., and the stores would be open soon. The Sioux City Strangler walked into Edmund's menswear with a big smile on his face and a cigarette in his mouth. A large man with short gray hair and a big brass belt buckle greeted him with a warm hello. For the next hour, he tried on a dozen different suits, slacks, and blazers. He picked out ties to go with them, red ones with black geometric stitching, heavy-knit ties in dark colors, and an assortment of silk ties sure to stand out in any setting. Edmunds was a fine menswear store, maybe the best in town. The price of all the clothes he bought certainly reflected that. He even put a rush on the tailoring work so he could pick up his clothes in the morning and head out of town that same day. Edmunds opened bright and early at 8 a.m., so he might be able to get out of the house before his mother woke up. The Sioux City Strangler strolled down the main drag, window shopping and daydreaming. It was good to be outside and on his feet instead of in the car or hiding out in a roadside motel. The sun felt good on his face, and the sky was a rich cerulean blue without a cloud in sight. As he walked, he noticed the faded brown boots on his feet. He'd learned the importance of good footwear in the war when the only thing that could save you from a case of gangrene was an extra thick pair of clean wool socks. The bullets and bombs could kill you, but they'd do it quick. A bad case of trench foot meant rotting in the wet jungle until you succumbed to the infection or put your own barrel under your chin. He ducked into Fitzgerald's and perused the racks of loafers and brogues and dress boots. He took three pairs of dress shoes with him half an hour later, along with a pair of brown boots not dissimilar to the ones he'd worn in. He wore them out with his old boots under his arm. Walking back to his car, he dropped them into a trash can in front of a drugstore. Nobody saw him but a little kid riding by on his bike, and he didn't hardly look up. The open road is calling your name, but out-of-control gas prices aren't doing you any favors. Gas Saver Fuel Additives can keep your car running smoothly and save you big bucks as you rack up the miles. Designed with a proprietary formula the competition just can't crack, Gas Saver Unleaded, High Performance, and Diesel Fuel Additives are in a league of their own. Show the road no mercy and burn rubber by putting Gas Saver Fuel Additives in your car or truck today. The Sioux City Strangler carried the shoeboxes back to his car and arranged them neatly in the trunk. He was still sporting the same smile. As he opened the driver's side door of his car, a familiar smell caught his attention. The cafeteria he'd eaten in dozens of times for birthday parties and christenings and graduations was making barbecued pork for the lunch rush. Inside Simpton's family cafeteria, the air was cool. The odor of lemon-scented cleaning products mixed with macaroni and cheese, fresh rolls right out of the oven, and that barbecue pork he'd smelled from the street. He grabbed an orange tray from the stack and slid it along, smiling that big grin at the hostess who gave him a set of utensils neatly wrapped in a white paper napkin. He skipped the salad and grabbed two golden brown rolls brushed with butter. As he pushed his tray down the line, he took two wax packets of butter from a small ice-filled metal chafing dish. A pale woman with red hair and a hairnet served him an assortment of side dishes, including the aforementioned macaroni and cheese, a few big spoonfuls of green beans, and a bowl of stewed tomatoes with fresh okra mixed in. At the butcher's station, he got a double serving of barbecued pork. The man with the carving knife commented, An offhand, hungry today? 
and the Sioux City Strangler smiled his high-beam smile, nodding like a kid in a candy store. He helped himself to a big slice of cherry pie with whipped cream on top and pulled a frosty bottle of Coca-Cola from the freestanding freezer with ice and soda pops stationed by the cashier. His meal paid for, he headed out into the dining room to eat. It was starting to get crowded, but he spotted a small table on the far wall right next to a window. He took a seat and broke the seal on the white paper band, keeping his napkin and silverware together. The sun was still burning bright, and the sky had turned an even more beautiful shade of blue. He speared a bite of macaroni and bent down ever so slightly to meet his fork halfway. A tap on his shoulder came before he could even begin chewing. "'Is that you?' the man asked, a little excitement in his voice. The Sioux City Strangler dropped his fork and turned to see who was there. The smile that had been plastered on his face for the past four hours faded fast. "'Oh, gee whiz, I didn't mean to scare you there,' said the man. He had a thin mustache and wore a pair of horned-rimmed glasses with a dark business suit. The Sioux City Strangler wondered if he'd bought it at Edmunds. "'Hey there, John,' he said. "'Yeah, it's me. It's me, all right.' "'Oh, yeah, I thought it was you,' said the man, adjusting his glasses with the tip of his index finger." I spotted you in the line there when I came out of the bathroom and I couldn't see you so good, but when you got up to the cashier, I could just tell. The man spoke in a hurried fashion that made him seem nervous. John Pruitt had been a classmate in high school. They weren't friends, but they weren't enemies either. They passed each other in the hall and nodded. They played on some of the same sports teams. Both of them were sent to a humid hellscape by the United States government on a one-way ticket to get shot at or blown up or spend a few years as a prisoner of war. But a lot of the boys were dealt that hand. There was one important distinction, though. Unlike the man standing in front of him, the Sioux City Strangler had enlisted willingly, instead of being drafted. "'How are you, John?' he asked. "'I'm glad to see that you made it home.' He supposed that he meant that, though he was surprised to hear the words come out of his mouth. "'Oh, yeah, you too,' said John. "'I know we never really hung out in school or nothing, but, you know, there's a brotherhood. We're in the same club, you and me.' It's a big club, John. A lot of the founding members are dead. That's true. It's still a club, though. He had him there. There was an awkward silence as they both stared out the window at a pair of teenagers holding hands and blowing bubbles with their gum. They weren't much alike, but in this moment, they were thinking the same thing watching all that unspoiled youth pass by. So, uh, yeah, began John. I'm doing, oh pretty okay, you know? I got a good gig pretty soon after I got home and the leg healed up. The leg? He regretted, asking instantly. Pruitt took it as an invitation to sit down at the seat across the table. Oh, yeah, left leg. Caught a couple of bullets, you know, one in the knee. I won't be running any bases, but, you know, I got lucky. Both men nodded and looked out at the street again. This time there was nothing there but cars passing by and a stray dog with mange looking for scraps. Yeah, got a good gig. Sales, you know. Uh Uh-huh, he said. He thought of his mother and quickly added another question so he'd seem interested. What do you sell? Well, I sell good health, he said, adjusting his glasses again. How do you mean? I sell medicine and supplies. See, when I was in the jungle, I met a guy that became my buddy, and we saw some things, boy. Well, you know what I mean. Anyway, somehow we both made it out and I looked him up first thing. 
Turns out his daddy is a big-time businessman, and his company even invented some of the stuff you get from the pharmacist when you're sick. You know anything about medicine? asked the Sioux City Strangler. Well, not as such, he said. But you know, I don't do surgeries or treat sick people. I know all there is to know about the medications I sell. I can answer any question, any doctor or pharmacist, and oof, they sure will ask some questions, all right, can think up. You like it? I'll be honest with you, when we were in high school, I figured I'd be in the big leagues, throwing heaters and seeing all the great cities from the bus. Maybe the miners and a little adventure if I couldn't cut it, you know? But that didn't happen, now did it? The two men gazed out the window again. But the truth is, I like it a whole lot. I never could have seen myself doing it, but I get to make my own appointments and be my own man. But even more than that, the company gives me the leads and all I do is call them and talk to them and give them a smile. I answer a few questions and a week later I get my check. And it's a good check, I tell you. The Italian glasses and the wool suit almost certainly from Edmonds made that clear. He looked down at Pruitt's shoes. Fine Italian leather. Handmade, no doubt. He could see a glimpse of a pinstripe pattern on his thin black dress socks. The two men sat and looked at each other for a long minute. Well, I ought to let you eat. Your food is getting cold. You know, I was a medic in the war, said the Sioux City Strangler. John sat back down and leaned in a little closer. You want this pie? No way I can eat all this, he said. Get a fork and stay a while. Coffee's on me, friend. Sioux City Strangler, the podcast, is a Past Due production and was recorded in sunny Los Angeles, California at Past Due Studios. This episode was written by Christopher Chase Godwin. Theme music was written and performed by Michael Wegner. Additional music was written and performed by Michael Wegner, Christopher Chase Godwin, and Jeff Lynn. Dialogue editing services were provided by Janet Berry. Additional editing by Carl Weiss at Past Due Studios. Mixing by Tommy Singh. Audio mastering provided by Renee Rojas. Want to dive deeper into the Sioux City Strangler story? Visit SiouxCityStrangler.com and WeArePastDo.com to get your fill. You'll find killer merch like coffee mugs, pencils, notepads, posters, rolling papers, and a whole lot more. You can also join the Sioux City Strangler fan club to get exclusive updates and access to limited edition memorabilia. New fan club members get a coupon code for 15% off on any order from the Past Due store. We can't wrap up without saying thank you to our sponsors, Safe City Security Services and Gas Saver Fuel Additives, for helping us bring this episode to you. Protect your family, business, and vehicle with Safe City Security Services and Gas Saver Fuel Additives. Subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast to hear Episode 4 of Sioux City Strangler, the podcast, coming soon.